This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. We'll go check, Nibble. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today I am very excited to be joined once again by a journalist and best-selling author who is also a good friend of mine. Please welcome Dave Quinn. Hi, Dave. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Dylan? I am doing well. I was so excited to see you yesterday at this Real Housewives of Dubai premiere event. Um, it's always a fun time to be able to do things in person because we've we've been missing that. Yes, very much so. I mean, there hasn't been an event like this in a really long time. And it got me pumped for BravoCon. Like, I am so ready to see everybody there. Uh, so exciting. Yeah. And I was talking to some people from the Bravo events team, and they were assuring us that the Dubai ladies will be at BravoCon, which is very exciting. I'm like, everybody book the plane tickets now. I It's going to happen. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. And it's going to be in a, such a big location, right? The Javits Center is what I'm hearing. So it's like, there's going to be even more opportunity. If you guys didn't get to go to the first BravoCon, there's going to be even more opportunity for tickets. Exactly. But before BravoCon happens this fall, there's going to be another, maybe a mini BravoCon, you could say, and that's going to be happening in August at Teresa Judice's wedding, which we now know <laughs> all of the details on because... <laughs> One Ramona singer just couldn't wait to gush about how exotic and glamorous the Lucite invitation was, and in the process posted the full full details of Teresa's wedding, including the wedding website and password, which then allowed people to go online, type in random names and see who was invited, who was in the bridal party. And it is kind it is really hilarious to me that Ramona, you know started this whole thing of us now knowing everything about Teresa's wedding. I mean, do you think that Teresa's upset? Like I, she must be furious. Yeah. And I saw somebody this morning say, so like yesterday the website was functional. People were, uh, my friend Jake, he has a, I think Jake Ryan comments on Instagram. He went through and was typing in like all of the potential interesting names and seeing like, okay, everybody in the current Jersey cast, is invited. Jackie, Margaret, they're invited. You can see um, all the girls' trip ladies. Kenya and Lou are apparently bridesmaids. Like, you really can glean a lot of information from this. Dorinda's invited. Andy's invited. But apparently this morning, as of this morning, the website has been taken down. So <laughs> maybe there's a gone. new... Yeah, there's a new wedding website going to happen. I imagine Teresa is upset because I'm pretty sure we hadn't we knew they were going to get married, you know, sometime later this year, but it was not public information like exactly where and when it was happening. Oh, yeah. No, this is everything. And I had heard some <laughs> of this stuff on background. So I was like kind of aware. I was kind of tracking things. But this is like they have mentioned it all. <laughs> it is all out there. And I heard something that Teresa 
posted on her Instagram story that the registry was fake and do not give us any money because there was a portion of it where it was said, you know, we'd love for you to donate for our dream honeymoon. But she then posted that that was fake. Don't give any money or gifts to anyone. It is not going to anyone affiliated with us, which I thought was also interesting. Did people then make up fake (laughs) wedding websites afterwards? I, yeah, the the well, because obviously when people saw that there was a honey fund linked to this, they're like, "Really? Like you really need donations for the honeymoon?" But then maybe it's fake, maybe it's not. I don't even know what to believe. But I mean, I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about Teresa asking for money for her honeymoon. On the one hand, it's like, yeah, people give gifts when they go to a wedding, but also it's like, what whatever. I I don't feel like I'm in a place to judge people like wanting wedding gifts. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, let's just be honest here. Uh, if I was throwing a wedding and spending all of that money, I would expect somebody to give some back to me. So <laughs> I'm all for it. Respect the hustle. Ramona took down the story with the invitation after everybody had obviously screenshotted it and blasted it all over the internet. But then she kind of just kept posting <laughs> about her day. She was entertaining at her house. She's back in the Hamptons. It's like, okay, no no sweat off Ramona's back. She's just going to live her <laughs> life and, uh, you know, go shit on some floors or whatever. I am curious to see if she goes to the wedding, though. That's going to be funny. I mean, she's definitely going to the wedding. Are you kidding me? Now, I had heard that uh, a, 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 from a pretty close source to the action that Louis was uh, really excited about there being a bunch of housewives there, that he and Teresa kind of loved the idea that their wedding might rival Andy Cohen's baby shower with as many participants in there. So I think they are looking to kind of build this mm. out with a lot of notable names. Yeah, but um, just remember that he didn't sign up for any of this. He's off limits. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to be involved. Of course, um. <laughs> it's really wild to me that Bravo put someone on television who never signed a release. That is crazy. Right, and he was. They got insane. him to wear a mic without a green. You know, <laughs> it's wild. Wild. That, maybe. Yeah, wait, that, wait, I, wait. Maybe. Maybe when she says, Dylan, maybe when she says that Louis didn't sign up for it, maybe she's thinking of it as an analogy when she says that. But she never told me it was an analogy. So I assume that he physically didn't sign up for it, even though that right, would be right, highly right, right. illegal. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it, <laughs> some, some double standards <laughs> happening there. <laughs> I love it. We know it's going to be filmed there. You know, there's like rumors swirling about a spinoff. So it's not really surprising to me that, you know, everyone in the cast is invited like Jackie and Margaret. It's like, yeah, whatever. They'll they'll probably go. It'll be a nice moment, whatever show it happens on. But I would like it, seeing the girls trip ladies back together would be fun. I know. I think it'll be great. And I have a feeling it'll just be on regular housewives. I don't think that I don't think that Bravo's producing a lot of, oh, I don't know. I guess they did that Karen one. It just feels like it's built for, because it's happening in the midst of the filming of the main season, it feels like it's totally just built for regular housewives. I agree. And I think with wedding spinoffs in particular, it's like, that's the kind of content we want to see on a housewife season. We want to see you having your bachelorette party. You know, we we saw the Dubai premiere where Caroline's having her, you know, her hen party, her bachelorette. And it's like, that's just normal, good housewives content. I don't need to tune in six months from now and see that on like a three episode special. Like, I'd rather you just 
channel that into putting it into a better housewife season. I feel the exact same way. And we saw it. I mean, Dubai is a perfect example. We're going to see that wedding in season and, uh, and, and Miami as well. You know, everything was in season. That's, that's where it should belong in my perspective. Totally. And I think spinoffs tend to work better when there's like a real concept happening, like with Vanderpump mm-hmm. Rules and Candy and the Gang and Leva's show that's happening. Like those are all obviously on the restaurant thing. Like, it's just it's like, I think we're kind of past the point of just needing to see more of one person because we like them on Housewives. It's like, unless there's really something going on, like, I don't need, I don't need Bravo to like go to their house another time during the year. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. What were your thoughts? Without any spoilers, because not everybody has gotten to see it yet, how are you feeling about Dubai after watching the premiere? Oh, gosh, Dylan, I cannot say enough about it. I have to be really honest with you guys. I... I've been kind of falling a little bit out of love with Housewives. I think after, you know, working on the book and just being so saturated with them and a couple of bad seasons of a couple of my favorite franchises, uh, my heart's just been a little broken and it just hasn't felt the same. And a lot of people I know are obsessed with Salt Lake City. I did not feel the same sort of way. I enjoyed parts of it, but found it, especially that last season, just tedious and ongoing and never ending. And I just, I I, I don't know. I, I haven't really been feeling excited about Housewives in a long time. I certainly haven't been feeling excited about Dubai based on that trailer, based on uh, the promo. It's felt a little like a bit of a non-event. And then I watched the first episode and my goodness, was I wrong. I am completely obsessed. It is totally sucked me back in. It reminds me a lot of old school housewives in the sense that, you know, the first season of Orange County was all about letting us behind the gates into this community that many people knew nothing about. And that's exactly how I feel. I don't know anything about Dubai. I'm learning. Uh, I'm so interested in what I'm seeing. And the friendships feel real. It gives me like kind of Kim and Nini and Sheree or Giselle and Sharice and Karen, like these longstanding, uh, they have history together and frenemies, if you will. And I just feel like there's 
an elevation to the franchise. It, it feels fresh and exciting and, and rich, 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 honey. It's just so good. <laughs> I agree. After obviously just seeing one episode, it feels like they did a really amazing job with the casting from a few different angles. Like you're saying, the friendships feel real. There's There are friendships and frenemy relationships, and clearly they're already throwing shade. And we saw yesterday they did, after the screening, they did a Zoom Q&A with all of the ladies live together on Zoom. And the way that some of them were starting to go back and forth with each other, even just on this like 15-minute Zoom conversation, I'm like, oh, when they're all in the same room for a reunion, sparks are going to fly. It's going to be it's going to be great. But I also think casting-wise, they did such a good job of finding a really diverse, interesting group of women to sort of introduce us to the different sides of this Dubai culture. Like you have um, Sarah, who is born and raised Emirati, like she has lived there her whole life and she brings a total different flavor. She's a Muslim. She has a lot to say about kind of the cultural um, stereotypes or misconceptions about Dubai. And then you have somebody like Caroline Brooks, who is from Massachusetts, moved there with her husband, is now divorced, single mom, you know, kind of starting over like you, you and Caroline Stanbury, like you really have everybody in the cast has such a different way in. And I think that's really exciting because even though they're so different, it still feels like they make sense as a group. And I think sometimes with Housewives casting, especially when it's a new show, you it's like you don't want everybody to be the same, but also it has to make sense that they would still hang out with each other. And it feels like they really have found that sweet spot of a cohesive group that has a lot of different elements. Yes, I completely agree. Do you have a favorite uh, cast member already, just from the beginning, from what little you've seen? I think from the premiere, Caroline Brooks is kind of standing out to me as like the the it girl of the show. Like mm-hmm. I think she's the one that seems to me to have so much potential as like a shade assassin, just like very funny in the confessional. She's giving a lot of. Like almost when I was watching it, kind of the natural thing is to compare to other housewives and to figure out who they remind you of. And I'm like, it's a little bit, um, a little bit Mary Cosby mixed with like half of the women from Married to Medicine. Like I'm getting a little Toya, <laughs> I'm getting a little Simone. Our our friend Sarah Galley said that she was getting Simone, and it it feels very like she understands the assignment, and you can tell that her and Lisa. And maybe a few of the women in the cast have have definitely watched enough Housewives where they know what they signed up for. They understand the assignment. And I think especially going to a completely new world like this, it's important to have some people on board. And Stanbury is like this too, where she she knows what's expected of American housewives. Right, of course. All those uh, analogies, I think, or comparisons are perfect. I would add, um, she reminds me a little of Sheree and a little of Kenya in the sense that like, they mm-hmm. know what they're doing. They're here to deliver. I was really drawn to Lisa. I think she's absolutely gorgeous. She reminded me a lot of Candy in the sense that she has great relationships with a lot of her co-stars and seems to be able to kind of go back and forth, but will read you to filth if need be. I just thought she was great. I, and of course, I think everyone will be quoting Ayan immediately. I mean, she's yes. just instantly. And, and I said to you, uh, she she really makes Karen Huger look humble. 
She makes Karen Huger look like a humble, you know, reserved human. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's she's made for reality TV. Made for it. Chanel Ayan is completely something new. I don't think we've really seen before in every way. Like, and she had never watched Housewives before she got cast. She says, and it's it really feels like she kind of has like thrown out the playbook and is just kind of like doing whatever she feels like and. It's coming on strong, but also it's it's very entertaining. And I'm I'm curious to see kind of how somebody like her who's walking into the room being like, yes, I look fabulous. I'm my favorite housewife, like all this stuff. I'm curious how we sort of get to see more layers of her as the show unfolds, because I imagine there's like a little bit more of a soft center there than we're seeing right off the bat. But yeah, it's going to be very exciting. I think people are really going to like it. And um, the first episode was like a very fun surprise, I think. Yeah, I can't wait for everyone to see it. I promise you guys, I am not overselling it. I really, really am not overselling it. It is very, very good. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. It feels like with, with this show and with Miami, also the reboot, like they've sort of stepped up the production quality. They're getting a little more, it feels like they're getting a little more ambitious with kind of the look of the show. And I, I really like that because with also with girls trip, they did this a little bit. Everything just feels like a little bit shinier, kind of a fresh coat of paint on it. And I think with Dubai, knowing that they have this reputation of luxury and gold and riches, like that's what people want from the show. And it really, it makes me happy that that's what they're delivering. And, you know, I think Miami was such a success when they brought it back that it's like, I'm glad that maybe feels like it's rubbing off on some of these other franchises. Yeah. And, and, and you, Miami is a great connection. It also a great comparison. It also feels like somebody pointed this out to me. I think our friend Jared said it's like a Netflix show, which I, mm. which I agreed with too. It really looks gorgeous. They do something about halfway through the episode. I've never seen anyone do something like that on a housewife show before. It is progressive, it is exciting. Um, the, the confessionals look new. They're, they're yes. really evolving things in a way that the show needs to be evolved. So I'm really impressed. The confessionals on this show, first of all, the looks are top notch. These women can dress. Um, but the way they're doing the, there's like full body confessionals, which we've never seen on housewives before. And I love that when they're doing this, it's like, no, 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 you're not going to come for the confessional in a cute top with sweatpants and slippers on the bottom half. Like you're going to be dressed head to toe. The shoes have to match the dress. You're not wearing, (laughs) you're not wearing like basketball shorts with a shimmery blouse. Like we, we have, we're stepping up the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes i Isn't like it wild? i like it a lot it's it's so good that they went that far it's so good that they made that level of change to it totally i feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food the venue the music the overall vibe and you're making like that mental checklist of if i were planning a wedding right now maybe you are maybe you aren't what would i want to copy from this what would i want to change what would i want to tweak well i've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years and i know just how stressful the process can be you go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye but using zola helps with wedding planning from 
from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences. Every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I want to talk to you a little bit about Below Deck Sailing Yacht because some of the guests I've had on lately aren't on the Below Deck train, so I haven't gotten to talk about it as much as I really need to in my soul. And I know you've been watching this season of sailing. Yes. And by the way, can we just say to connect these two things quickly? Yeah. <laughs> there is a moment in the Real Housewives of Dubai premiere where you're like, oh, there's an episode of Below Deck right here. Like there's just like in the middle of it. <laughs> it's like, oh, this this is how rich they are. These are the people on the boat. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> Absolutely. What are your thoughts on this season of Sailing Yacht? I, I'm 
really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it too. Listen, I have loved Below Deck Sailing Yacht um, since the the reboot last season. I thought it was the best season of any Below Deck that we ever got season two. So I was so excited to come back and join it. And it's great to see, you know, the Daisy and the Gary of it all. Um, that's a lot of fun. But man, I just find Ashley to be so horrific that I'm now in a space of hate watching it like each week, just being like, how more annoying can this girl possibly get? I still think it's delivering top notch content, but uh, I would like to throw her off the boat if I could. <laughs> she, she just seems like somebody I would absolutely loathe to work with. Like I would be mm-hmm. every single moment of every day that I spent on the boat with her. I would be like, is she for real? Like, can we not? <laughs> We just, and I, the way that Daisy has had to deal with her on the team this season, when they had a conversation a couple weeks ago, when Gabriella had left, Scarlett was coming on as the new stew. And of course, all Ashley could think about was, I want to be promoted to second stew because I can't wait to boss this new bitch around. And the way that Daisy had to sit Ashley down and be like, look, I know you want it. It's not a question of whether you want it. And at this point, it's not even a question of who's more experienced. You're not giving what this job needs, which is teamwork and leadership and, you know, this sense of wanting to do the best job possible. It's like even all the Gary nonsense aside, the way that Ashley just is about her job is so, so frustrating to me. I'm like, how how do you not know that you're basically throwing this away right now. Yeah, it it blows my mind. And I have to say, I I appreciate that Daisy has been drawing that line and kind of holding her back in that sense. But I really do, watching it all back, I blame her for all the trouble this season. And I thought that Gabriella was such a good stew and such a great personality. And I appreciated the diversity of her inclusion and and her opinions. And I thought that she was treated so poorly by her co-stars. And I think that it really all stems from Ashley. I think that Ashley just poisoned the well. Totally. And, you know, Ashley has this real or imagined whatever kind of relationship with Chef Marcos and Gary. And I feel like she kind of has like her, she has like her strings in everybody on the boat a little bit. And so even if those people don't love Ashley, she can kind of influence them with her, you know, and telling them talking shit about Gabriella and like, oh, she's so mean to me. She blah, 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 blah. I was really sad to see how Gabriella's time on the show came to an end because it just felt like she never, she never did anything wrong and certainly didn't do anything to deserve feeling so kind of alone and like abandoned by other people in the crew. And it's always, it's always frustrating to see that. And especially we've seen that happen a few times with women of color on this show. And it's just like, really, we're doing this again. Come on. Yeah, and that's where I really felt that Daisy, who I've long said is the best chief stew that we've ever had on any Below Deck series, and I say that with utmost respect to Kate Chastain, but she even would admit this, that Daisy is so good at her job and so on top of it, and uh, and also somebody I think made for reality TV. But I was disappointed in Daisy and how she handled the Gabriella situation. I don't think that she was an ally 
in that situation. I don't think that she really uh, was able to see past her own drinking to kind of step in and be a supervisor and help Gabriella in the way that she needed to. Ashley's the problem. Ashley is somebody who very clearly hates other women. <laughs> she is somebody who is like openly aggressive and competitive. I mean, that new Stu Scarlet was so lovely and nice. And Ashley had to hate on her right away. She feels very threatened by everybody around her. She wants all the guys to like her and, you know, freaks out if they don't. I don't know. I, I just feel like she's so toxic and she expects things uh, no matter what, without doing any of the work. She's the worst. The worst. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like her. She does not support other women. <laughs> she is not a woman's woman. She just, you're a woman who doesn't support other women. Yeah, I'm not a yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I agree with you. I think Daisy is so great at her job. And while I, I agree that she has, you know, faltered a little bit in the Gabriella situation this season, I do, it does feel like in the couple of years since Kate and then Hannah both left their respective franchises, it's felt like Below Deck as a whole has kind of been searching for those, for that sort of like next generation of who's going to be the real star of the franchise. We've had consistency with the captains. We've had some other people return. You know, we've seen Malia and Eddie and, you know, however you feel about those crew members, but it hasn't really felt like we've had those central figures aside from the captains, like we had Kate and Hannah for such a long time. And I do feel like Daisy and maybe Gary kind of have that, that vibe about them that makes me excited for like, oh, if they stay on this show for five seasons, I feel like I'm going to be excited to watch as long as they're on. Yeah. I think that they, I agree that they've struggled to find that person. And I think that they really leaned on, on bosun's thinking, you know, like those will be the steady things. But for me, it's always going to be a chief stew. So mm. I want Daisy to stick around and I think they need to find more people like that. And I wish that they saw people like Gabriella who are strong as opportunities to develop them in the long run because they can jump franchises. Yeah. The, bo the thing with the bosons is that when I, when I watch below deck, maybe other people feel differently, but like, I'm never going to care as much about like, boat drama as I am about people drama. And I feel like the bosuns, it's like the storyline is always like, oh, there's an issue with the slide or like, oh, the the deck is breaking. Like, I don't know, boat things. But like, I'm always <laughs> like, I don't really care what's happening with the sails. I care like who's hooking up with who, who's, you know, doing a bad job at their job and like, which who's going to get like yelled at by the guests. Like that's what I care about. And I always feel like the stews are kind of more actively involved in the, the parts of the show that I find exciting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the fighting <laughs> and, I mean and, the, and the dealing with the dealing with, well, the dealing with customers, the annoyance of dealing with customers. I don't know. It's not very exciting to watch people, uh, you know, uh, shimmy or sham, shammy. <laughs> Whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> boats and like put out water toys. It's like it's boring. Right? They're like, oh, there's an issue with the the Genoa sale, and I'm like, great. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like below deck sailing yacht is in a better place than either of the other two main franchises. So we'll see. I agree. And and what are your thoughts on Australia? Are you watching that as well? 
I am watching it in general. I'm like probably I don't know, like a month behind. I have done a bad job of keeping up with it, but it was a, it was a strong start for me. I I liked I liked the crew they put together. Um, you know, I think Asia is a great personality, and I think she has she's one of those people where she started out you know, not as a chief stew. And I do think that she has kind of matured into that role. Well, um, we have a hot captain. I love the pairing of, um, to and Magda just kind of like causing trouble, um, as the stews, but I, I don't know. I do feel like with below deck, it's hard to, it's hard to keep up with everything that's happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I've said this before. I'm really excited about the idea of doing an oral history of below deck next. I think that that is like the next franchise mm. built for a book similar to the one I did with housewives. And I may have to wait a little bit until the, the adventure one. I think that's premiering later this yeah. year. Right. I've called it below zero deck. Cause it's just in the cold water <laughs> area. So I feel like that's an easier name. I don't know why they're calling it, you know, adventure, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I kind of think that the issue with the show is that it can feel very repetitive. So you can oftentimes check out. But every time that I do check in and I've been watching Down Under and really enjoying it, um, it's just it works when there's good conflict aboard that those crew members and some crazy uh, charter guests. So it always it, there's something very satisfying about it. It's almost like watching HGTV shows in the sense that you like mm. always know there's going to be a good payoff, a good reveal at the end. You always know there's going to be something that is going to deliver. Yeah, and I think it's it's hard because some of the seasons of below deck franchises that we think of as like weaker seasons, it's mm. not necessarily that the people aren't interesting or that anything happens to make it bad. It's just like for whatever reason that group of crew members didn't pop off in the same way that some of the other seasons did. But I think it's a show that benefits when you go back and maybe binge it or watch like a whole season. Cause it's like, sometimes you just like the vibes of, you know, they're just on the boat, they're making the food, the guests are there. Like it's a very, it goes down very easy. Like it's a good show to kind of just, just have on. And I think below deck is like, it's never going to be housewives in the sense of like, you don't feel like there's as high of stakes. It's like, yeah, we're just, we just work here. Right. And every, ever so once in a while, there's a situation where somebody impregnates somebody and pretends not to be the father of their baby. And, oh, you know, Lord. every once in a while that happens. And then, then it's, then it's like extra great. <laughs> that feels like a fever dream sometimes that that actually happens, that there's like an actual child out in the world that was conceived on the Parsifal three, a hundred percent, and that he like he refused to acknowledge its presence until he got a DNA test, and now that it has been proven that John Luke is the father of Danny's child, that he's like not doing anything about it. He's ugh, the worst, another worst one. He deserves to be with Ashley. Put them together. <laughs> oh, God. On, on, if they ever on do worst <laughs> islands. <laughs> below, be, below deck, worst of the worst, yeah. ultimate uh, ultimate worst trip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is perfect. Below deck, ultimate worst trip. It's the two of them. It's Caroline. Uh, yeah, we can we can we can build this cast very quickly. What what was her name? Um, was it Casey who like lied on her CV a few years yes. ago on Below Deck Med, and it was like, there. oh, she's. <laughs> Mila can be the chef for everyone. Oh, yeah. Chef Mila uh, <laughs> making nachos for every meal. <laughs> I would.
see. I feel like it would be fun to do like an ultimate girls trip style show of non housewives at some point. Yeah. I mean, I think that the door is wide open in many ways. There had been that quote that Andy Cohen had famously said that like when, when the ship starts sinking, we'll throw a bunch of them on the Island and see what happens. And then of course, here we are. And that's exactly what he did. And in, in many ways, I think that he had viewed it back then as an opportunity as like when things aren't going well, but I actually see, think the opposite. Now I feel like it's opened up this incredible world to play and to have fun. And I would love to see, uh, a show with a bunch of them together, a challenge type show. Even I think that the below deck people have uh, plenty of uh, potential in the pantheon of housewives, bring more of them to summer house. You know what I mean? Put them there. I'd rather see them than Austin and Luke. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, and, and even like with winter house for season two, there's going to be some Vanderpump crossover and it's like, yeah. why aren't we, why aren't we sending some of the the below deckies to to Vermont? Like, put yes. them in the mix. Send that hot guy from Boston. He should be there. Bring oh, him yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put Rocky on one of those seasons. Are you kidding? Rocky and Lindsay Hubbard together? <laughs> That's gold. And with Riley? How about Riley? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Well, and Riley. So, I mean, however you feel about Riley from her time on Below Deck, she is a Bravo fan. She will be she will be up in my DMs and we will be well, you know, she likes to she has thoughts on everything. And so I'm like, get her back on TV. I think she's hysterical. I think she would be great too. I'd love to see more of that sort of thing and, and a, a similar all-star show across, you know, all Bravo uh, shows would be great. I don't know. There's, there seems to be like, they could do a reunion type show, if you will, with like old school Bravo personalities. So like, you know, the Jeff Lewis and Tabitha and like all those, all that generation of Bravo stars mm-hmm. getting back together would be, I'd be fascinated to see them at like a round table, you know, or like a, a weekend away, just interacting with each other, talking about their time on reality TV. There could be a lot of fun to do with things like that. If Bravo wants to hire me, I'll produce them all. Yeah. Uh, Jeff was just with Patty Stanger and uh, MJ mm-hmm. and also uh, Kelly Dodd and Shannon Bedore over the weekend. Yes, yes. They all hang out. They t- they talk. Yeah, they're all in each other's lives. And it would just be interesting to see. Again, I'm a huge Bravo fan from day one, from like show dogs, moms and dads, showbiz moms and dads, like those old, you know what I mean? Like bring those people. Where's Duncan Nutter? Has anyone talked to Duncan Nutter? I'd like to know where he is. So, uh, I, you know, get, get Rachel Zoe back. Like, let's see some of these people together again, put them on an Island. But I am thinking a lot about ultimate girls trip three and what their, what their strategy will be. You know, there's been all sorts of rumors around casting Uh, from what I've heard, nothing has been set in stone at all. And I'm so curious on how they'll figure out what they want to do. Right. And the two, the first two seasons that they've done have differed so much in the sort of casting vibe where we had more of an OG situation the first time. And then obviously the ex-wife thing, I think everybody's very excited for. But yeah, it's like, do you, do you feel like every season has to have a theme or are you just kind of trying to cast on chemistry alone? Like, I, I think there are a lot of different ways it could go, but also, I hope that they're putting real thought into it and not just kind of like, who can we get? Yeah, I guess, I guess this will work, you know, cause I, 
the first season, I think it was really enjoyable, but partially because of the novelty of it. And there wasn't that much going on. Whereas I think season two, it's like, okay, you really, you planned for chaos and you, you got chaos, <laughs> but it's like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Major things. I agree with you. And I think, um, I think that it re- kind of reminds me of how the real world for years and years and years would just go to different cities and rely on great casting. And then all of a sudden it started to become gimmicky. It started to become like, you know, we're reuniting you with X's or right. Wasn't there like the real world explosion or like skeleton closets? I don't know. There was always some sort <laughs> yeah. of gimmick. And I think that, you know, I think that that's, it's, it seems if they've named this X housewives club, that they're starting to go down this idea of, uh, of playing with that gimmick. And in that case, there's stuff to explore, right? I mean, you could reunite a bunch of former enemies or people with unfinished business. It could be fun to have a season that's full-time housewives with former housewives from each city, you know, paired in that sense. So like Rena with like Camille or um, Shanna Bador with like Alexis Bellino, like the, it could be kind of interesting if they brought mm. them back in that way. And then the discussion becomes like, well, you're still on the show. I'm not on the show. What is the feeling around that? But I don't know. I mean, is it just going to be luxurious getaways are they get a basin on where they're going is it going to be you know like someone said thailand i don't think they're going to thailand but maybe if they go to thailand is it ultimate girls trip thailand i saw the thailand thing and that was one of those where it's like here's the official cast that has been confirmed and they'll be shooting the last week of june in thailand and it's like i think this is completely made up (laughs) (laughs) well what my favorite thing was that one thing i saw was like Erica Jane is too expensive and they can't afford her. And I was like, all right, well, first of all, that's not true. (laughs) Like that's like, second of all, everyone makes the exact same amount of money. So it's not like, I mean, Mm. the way I've heard and the way all these women have told me that every season they're given the exact same amount of money, regardless of who's been on the show longer or what not. So there, there isn't any sort of Erica is costing more than anyone else would. They all cost the same. She may have turned it down because she didn't want to do it, but right. she didn't think the money was good. But it's not because they couldn't afford her. I don't know. Yeah, People I mean, at this, point, at this point, it's like, I don't think Erica's in a position to turn down much of any check. But um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that, too. I would love to see her on it, by the way. I would love to see... A lot of people in this. So, I mean, I think that let's. Nobody wants another Ultimate Girls Trip without Potomac being involved. They didn't. Totally. They haven't been in any of these. So we need to have Potomac somewhere. And the obvious choices are Giselle and Karen. And if we're starting there, that's already a good show. Completely. And I think depending on sort of what angle they choose to go, you could have whatever angle you do. You could have somebody from Potomac. You could you could pick somebody from any city for any. Theme, and I think that would be interesting. But yeah, it is. It's like you don't want to just throw these shows together with no kind of thesis of what you want, what you want the vibe to be, what you want the group dynamic to be. So I, I am curious to see kind of how they choose to go about it. Are they do they ever add some kind of competition element or like is it ever more of a structured thing i think like you were saying with the challenge type of thing with the below deck people like that could be really exciting but i also think a lot of the housewives might not really be interested in doing that (laughs) that's true (laughs) dorit's not going to be like crawling in mud for anybody (laughs) 
That's true. What about like <laughs> Ultimate Girls Trip canceled island? Like it's like Leanne Locken <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like all the, yeah. like Kelly Dodd, like all the people oh that Ramona, maybe we throw like Stasi and Jax and Grillin there. Like it's just like all the canceled personalities that Mary Bravo Cosby, just, Cameron Westcott. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Ultimate Girls Trip canceled island. Jesus Christ. That'll be on uh, whatever streaming service Donald Trump is working on. He can do Real Housewives of Cancelled Island. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Before we finish up, I want to get your thoughts. You said that you've been like a little fatigued with Housewives in recent times. I want to know how you're feeling about the new seasons of Atlanta and Beverly Hills. And if you have uh, positive thoughts or maybe some constructive feedback, just kind of where you're at with those. I'm really enjoying Atlanta. It's and again, I'm enjoying Beverly Hills too. I'm just not excited about them in the way that I felt excited about Dubai. But I'm enjoying Atlanta a lot. I think that the new cast um shakeup was a smart decision to help evolve the show and move it forward. I'm still a little weary of Drew. I really am a huge fan of hers as an actress. I'm a big step up fan, so I was very excited when she joined. <laughs> but I'm I'm feeling like there's a lot to to sift through with her and Ralph, and I'm having a difficult time caring because I never really cared about them as a couple before. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care about her aside from it because all I know is how bad it's been like there hasn't been scenes of her confiding in her friends crying about it feeling upset right like I haven't gotten that idea that this is really something that she's struggling with beyond like that's just the dynamic of their relationship you know you have couples who are constantly fighting but they almost get off on that Uh, You know, it doesn't seem like it's something at pain. So I'm having a difficult time. I've only known them to be in a bad marriage. It's not like you met Shannon Bedore season one, everything looks so happy. And then season two, boom, David cheated. Oh my God, what's going on? Right. It's like, wow, this is so bad that I'm not really surprised and I'm having a hard time investing. It's like when the Jen Armstrong news. I was just going to say Jen Armstrong. Yeah. It's like, right. Like you have to. Like, I believe it, I sympathize, whatever, but it's like, if I don't have a basis of, and with Drew and Ralph, what they're saying to us is that they, their relationship is strong enough to be worth fixing. And for us on the show, now in season two of Drew and Ralph, we've never seen them anything more than neutral, I would say. We've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of bad maybe a little bit of like, we're not fighting right now, but we've never seen like happy times with them. It doesn't feel, I don't, I don't get that. So it's like, if you're telling us that this relationship is strong and worth saving and true love and all of that, it's like, then when, when does it, when does that happen? You know? Right. Yeah. I've yet to see it. And because I don't care about that, and that's been so heavy in the first couple of episodes, it's been hard to get excited about Atlanta, though I know there's big things coming between Kenya and Marlo and uh, and Candy and Marlo. And I'm excited to kind of see that evolve. I also just think it feels so different that Portia isn't around. And I love Portia and I'm very happy for her success and her, and her happiness. She seems to be 
you know, uh, supremely happy with Dennis and what, uh, excuse me, <laughs> whoops, with Simon and wants to, uh, she seems to be very, very happy with Simon and, and, and I want the best for her. But it was very clear that she did not like Kenya and mm-hmm. for years would kind of refuse to play with her. And I think that it hurt the show in the long run. And I'm glad that it's nice to see this is the first season we've ever seen Kenya without Portia on the show. And you can see Kenya just feels so much lighter and everything Mm -hmm. just feels so much lighter. And I think that that dynamic between the two of them really dragged the show down. So while I'm not saying, you know, I'm glad Portia's not on the show anymore because I don't like her. It's more that I'm, I'm glad that they're both able to thrive now without one another. So that's been fun to see. And then as far as Beverly Hills is concerned, I think I'm just, you know, the fandom is so difficult sometimes. And I mean, they want Erica dead and it's not really fun to watch because at every second, they're just so angry towards Erica all the time on social that like, you know, whether you like Erica or not, I just don't like seeing that sort of visceral hate 24 mm. seven. It's not fun. Uh, to experience. I'm enjoying the show. I always like the dynamics. I appreciate a good villain when I see one. So I'm like, you know, I always love the messy Rena. I always love, you know, even how much Erica has been kind of defending herself against Sutton. But I, I have a difficult time with the fandom. I have a difficult time with the blind loyalty towards people you know, and, and feeling like yeah. it's Sutton, Sutton could murder someone and they would be like, Sutton's the best. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm a little over like how people just ride so hard for everyone so much. And it seems yeah. like there's a mob mentality right now that Sutton and Garcelle can do absolutely no wrong. And that, uh, you know, Rena and Erica are the devils. And like, it's just not fun. I feel that. I think in my own personal viewing of the show, I tend to side more with Sutton and Garcelle, but I agree with you that it's like the the show wouldn't work without the opposing force. Like I saw I saw someone post the other day, they're like, oh, when like when we get Rinna and Erica and Kyle off the show and blah blah blah. And I'm like, what would the show be? Like Everything that Sutton is giving us wouldn't really work without the opposing force of Erica or of her thing with Rinna or, you know, that she's feeling like manipulated by Kyle in some way to say that she has this emotional reaction. It's like all of those dynamics that you're enjoying, if you're loving this one half of the cast, those dynamics wouldn't exist or at least not in the same way if the other half of the cast was just like gone. That's not how these shows work. So you really, I mean, totally there are times when I feel like I want someone off the show or I don't get why they're there. I don't think they should be there. But like in this case, I don't really get the argument of like fire this half of the cast. Yeah. And it's so funny because it, it really like rubs off on other people too. So Diana, I think is a perfect example. I think Diana's a great housewife so far. She's really rich. Right. She's got great money. She's got an interesting story. She's got this like young husband. Are they married or boyfriend or whatnot? She's got this baby like at her age. And and it's I don't know. I mean, I think that she's kind of a cool person. I want to know about her. But because she's friends with Rena and Erica, everyone hates her. And everyone mm-hmm. is just at home saying, like, why is she here? She doesn't belong here. Where does she fit? Get rid of her. And it's like, I don't understand where that is coming from. I don't understand where 
you can't see through it all and just let her exist for a bit. It's very strange to me. Right. And as we've seen, coming on the show as Rena's friend certainly doesn't mean you're going to stay Rena's friend for more than a season or two. So. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I probably, maybe she won't even make it, you know, h- halfway through, but it'll be fun to see at least. Like, let's just enjoy it and appreciate Rena for what she's doing. She's stirring the pot and, and, and making mess. And you need that to happen because if nothing was happening, you'd be so bored. I've, I've complained time and time again about this. You know, uh, Erica could show you her bones and you'd still say she was lying. Rena is damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. I've seen people criticize her for uh, not talking enough about the fact that her daughter was dating Scott and talking too much about it. If you hate her, you're going to hate her forever. But I don't think it's fun to watch Housewives and hate these women. I think it's much more fun to just like kind of feel indifferent towards all of them and just enjoy the mess. Just enjoy the mess. You know? Enjoy it. Have fun. <laughs> Doesn't, don't you want to have fun watching the show? So that's why I'm not really on social media as much anymore because it's not nearly as fun. I just want to watch the show and have fun. Just <laughs> eat your fucking food. Come on. <laughs> exactly. I'm like the Kim Kardashian of Housewives. Instead of saying like, nobody wants to work anymore. I'm sitting here being like, no one wants to have fun anymore. Just fucking watch yeah. the show and have fun. <laughs> Right. And if you're listening to this podcast, you you clearly enjoy it enough to listen to us to talk about it for 45 minutes. So <laughs> I don't want to hear too many complaints. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy it. Live your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Dave, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining. Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, get your book, all of that. Thank you. First of all, I'm always honored to come on and I really appreciate you so much, Dylan. You are just such a positive, loving force. Every time I see you, you're so funny and I, I, I'm i a huge fan of you. So it, it feels a lot. It feels really cool to be here every time. I am uh, on social media <laughs> that I'm not using as much as I often do, <laughs> but at Nine Daves, N-I-N-E-D-A-V-E-S, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I do still uh, write and, and report on Housewives, so you'll constantly see my stuff there. And then, yeah, I have this little book called Not All Diamonds and Rosé, which is an oral history of the Real Housewives, and it's available uh, both in audio form, read by the hilarious Amy Phillips, and on bookshelves now. Amazing. Dave, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.